Welcome to the Women Inseparable Freedom Series with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Here's Jacqueline. We are on video four of our Freedom Series. We are taking right off where we left in video three. Um, so completely up to you if you're curious. Go to video three and then watch video four. If you didn't watch video three and you don't want to, don't. Stay right here. Scripture is big. It's powerful. The truth is the truth. No matter when you join scripture, it's always powerful, always good. We're going to look at Acts chapter 10. We're going to keep the word freedom in our head. And my prayer that as we go through this study, that you think more of the word freedom. Think more of the word freedom and think of the Holy Spirit. On our first week, we talked about getting a list of what areas you would love freedom. What area? When you think of, oh, I want freedom in Christ, what would that area be? And I encourage you to make a list. Make that list. Today for this study, my request is don't think of your list. Your list is written. If it hasn't been written, write it. Like I don't write things. Don't write it. Get a list down, though. It's beneficial. It's good. It's a great prayer time to know this is exactly where I need freedom. It's where I want freedom. It's where the Lord's laying on my heart to achieve freedom. All things freedom. Write it down. Highly encourage. And then take it to your prayer closet. Put it in your prayer corner and pray over it. Pray over it daily. Pray over it always. Right now, as we look into Acts chapter 10, will you contemplate just the word freedom? And don't put it into your freedom desire. Can you do that? We have our little freedom box. And whenever we hear our word, we want it to fit that box. But the power of scripture is this. Scripture fits everything. It fits my desire, it fits your desire, it fits your desire, it fits everything at all times, always. So can we look bigger than our list as we look in the scripture? Focus on the word freedom. Focus on using the sword of the Lord, which is what we hear in Ephesians 6, that this literally is the sword. How did Peter use it? How did Simon the Tanner experience it? How did Cornelius receive freedom from it? And what can we do with the sword collectively? Does that make sense? Okay. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. I'm not going to go through the first nine because we just did that on video three. We're going to go right into Peter's story. We know so much about Peter when we read the book of Matthew. If you don't know Peter's story, truly read through the book of Matthew. And it's 28 chapters, but if you do a search on the name Peter, then you just cut out some of Matthew. And you don't have to, you don't have to read all 28 chapters. Just scan through until you see the word Peter and then read Peter's story. Like, but don't I have to read chapter by chapter, verse by verse? No, there's no rules. There's no rules in reading scripture. Read scripture. And if you're doing a study on Peter, then read Peter's story and Matthew. You'll read Matthew later. For right now, we're focusing on Peter. Get Peter's story down. If you want to know the heart of Peter, read his letter, 1 Peter and 2 Peter. You'll see that toward the end of the New Testament. Read his letter and you'll see where his heart grew as he continued in Christ. 
right here in Acts 9, we're going to see Peter. And this is where we see in verse 10. It says, and he, and this is, this is Peter. And he became hungry. Good thing to know about Peter. He became hungry and he wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. So this is interesting, this little tidbit of information. We're on day two of this story. Day one is explained on this first nine verses of chapter 10. And then here we are in verse 10, and we're on day two, and it's noon. Day one happened at three in the afternoon is when the story started. Here we are on day two, and it's noon, almost a full day later. Peter is in a town, staying at a house that has a job that he doesn't love. And in this house, he's in this house of Simon the Tanner, and he's hungry. And that's just whole, the whole dialogue is so fascinating to me. Simon the Tanner, I don't know who's cooking the food. I don't know what food is being cooked or being prepared, but there is an aroma coming in and it says Peter was hungry and the food was being prepared. Have you ever been hungry on like a Thanksgiving day? And somehow you get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier as the aroma builds. And it's wonderful, says a woman who's sitting here hungry as we speak. But we, when we think about food and we're hungry, we get hungrier. When we smell food, when we're hungry, we get hungrier. Interesting dialogue when we think about the word of God being the very bread. The more we see it, the more we taste it, the more we want it, the hungrier we hunger after God. Side note, bonus scripture. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. Verse 11 explains what happens. And I'm going to read through this dialogue. This is what it says. Peter saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending. It was being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals all kinds of reptiles, the birds of the air. And there came a voice to him. That voice said, rise, Peter, very specifically speaking to Peter. And he tells Peter to do two things. He says, I want you to kill and I want you to eat. Remembering that Peter was a very, very traditional Jew. And here there's animals and birds and reptiles. And he was told to do something that was not custom, not traditional, not okay, according to the Old Testament law. But Peter said exactly, I think, what we would all say, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. Again, God says these very powerful words to the ears of Peter. And he says, what God has made clean, do not call common. How often do we do this to one another? You have a conviction. You have a standard. You have a way of life that I would never do. And I'm going to call you unclean because I, in my religion, in my custom, in my tradition, in my meanness, 
would never. Keeping in mind what we talked about in video three is we are all believers in Jesus Christ filled with the Spirit. So as we are where we are, we have the Holy Spirit in each of us. How dare we call another clean or unclean because they, you live a different life. You know a child of God is a child of God. You've asked them, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? So, oh, I got saved when I was 12. That's great. Now I'm going to judge you for the way you're living your life. Hmm. Ouch. So, Scripture, it says this conversation between God and Peter happened three times. This is what we learn in verse 16. Three times God says, I want you to do something. And Peter says, no, that's out of my comfort zone. God says, I want you to do something. Peter says, no, that's out of my conviction. God says, I want you to do something. Peter says, I can't. I can't. Three times this conversation happens. Do you feel that? Has God asked you to do something that's bigger than your conviction, bigger than your standard, bigger than your religion, and you say, I don't know how to. You want me to go talk to that group of people? I don't, I can't relate to them. What am I supposed to say? What do I do? How do I behave? Jesus says, I'm not asking you to fix the problem. I'm asking you to go do this. Verse 17 it says, now, while Peter was in, I love the wording. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed, aren't we at times, aren't we inwardly perplexed in our prayer time sometimes as to what the vision that he had seen might mean? It's pondering. I had this conversation with God. Three, three times God asked me to do something and I just can't, do, I can't, God, I can't, I can't. And he's perplexed within his soul while he's trying to figure this out. It says, behold, and I love the word behold. Always stop and see fully what God wants us to see. The men who were sent by Cornelius, and this takes us to the beginning passage of Acts chapter 10. These three men arrived. Verse 18, it says, And they called out to ask whether Simon, who is called Peter, was lodging there. Basic daily conversation. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. He says, Peter, we've had a conversation. Now it's time to go. It's quick. Sometimes God talks to us quickly and wants us to do things quickly. My advice to you, when God tells you to do something quickly, will you just do it quickly? Because if you don't, you're going to be like Jonah. Don't be like Jonah. Just do it. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit, the spirit said very specifically to Peter, behold, three men are looking for you. I want you to rise, he says. I want you to go down. And I want you to accompany them without, what? Without hesitation. And the reason I want you to do this, Peter, because I sent them to you. This is how big and how beautiful this whole story is. And I feel like this verse is just so monumental. The Holy Spirit gave Cornelius a message, a very specific message that we see in Acts 10. 
very specific, and he obeyed. Cornelius obeyed the message, and he sent his servants to go. And his servants that he sent to go obeyed, and they did, following the Spirit's plan, the Spirit's goal, the Spirit's end desire. And the whole desire of the Spirit in this entire passage is freedom. That's what's coming out of this whole chapter is freedom, freedom bigger than the Jewish nation, a freedom that affects you and me today. That's what's coming from this very, very chapter is freedom. And Cornelius, not knowing the whole big story, obeyed. And his servants, not knowing the whole big story, obeyed. And Peter was told, I need you to do something. Peter said, I can't. Do you see what would happen if Peter stuck with his guns and said, no, the spirit is working. He's working. He's working. He's working in a way that it affected me today. This story affects me today. The story affects you today. And Cornelius obeyed and the servants obeyed. If Peter said no, then what? When God asks you to do something, will you do yourself a favor and not think about you because it's not about you? Sometimes when God is asking you to do something, it's about somebody else. It's about them finding freedom in Jesus Christ. Do it. And God was very specific with Peter, wasn't he? He says, do it. He said, no. He said, do it. He said, no. He said, do it. I said, no. And while he was contemplating, basically Peter was saying, I think, so God told me to do something. Do I want to do it? Can I be honest? Have you been there? God's like, do this. Mm. I know, I know, I know you want me to do this. I'm Moses. I can't. I have, I can relate. I'm Gideon. I'm the least of the tribe, God. I can't. I have my reasons. I have my excuses. I have my, I have my truth. You've picked the wrong person. And God's like, do it, do it. And then very specifically, he, spent, he sends the Spirit of God to tell him, do not hesitate. I have something happening. You have to participate. You have to do your part. You have to do your part. So Peter goes. He does his part. Verse 21. It says, and Peter went down. What a beautiful, beautiful sentence. I pray that whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is putting on your heart to do for the kingdom of God, for somebody else's freedom in Jesus Christ, that your sentence could say, and she went. Wherever it is, whatever direction it is, the Holy Spirit is sending you to bring freedom of Jesus Christ into somebody else's life. I pray that your sentence matches Peter's and says, and Peter went, may it say, and you went because freedom is bigger than you. Yes, we made our list in video one. And yes, we're going to pray over that specific area of freedom that we're craving in our walk with the Lord. But before we get down to our little bits, our big bits that are within our soul, will you consider freedom is the name of Jesus Christ. And when you look at Acts chapter 10 and on your own, I pray that you'll finish this chapter with you, with God, even take this passage open on your knees before the throne and see the freedom that God gave to the nation, that God gave to the world because Peter went. Peter went, a Jew, went to a non-Jewish household who believed in God 
and miracles happened. In fact, for the very first time, the Holy Spirit fell upon a non-Jewish people for the very first time in scripture. What happens in this chapter allowed you and I to sit here in today's society filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was no longer from this point on for the Jewish nation. It was for you and it was for me. Freedom, this is the Freedom Series. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus, is it not? We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.